Hello, everybody, and welcome back or to the Post 20 Podcast. You are now listening to episode 100 of the show. We've made it 100 episodes. Um, coming up on the two-year anniversary now, just a couple weeks away. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, if you've been with us for that long, I I appreciate it. Um, I know Matt does, too. And if you're just joining us, then I hope you do stay on for the next 100 um, but that's really <laughs> all I have to say about it. Um, we didn't plan anything special or anything like that. Um, I know life's been crazy for both of us. So, yeah. Do you have anything to say about 100 or you want to just run right into uh, what we got to say? Yeah, I'll keep it short and sweet. Thank you to everybody that uh, has listened even just to one episode for however long. Uh, uh means a lot for you to take your time to click on any of our episodes on any platforms if you watch, say, on the YouTube or uh on the listening platforms however you want to call them and then uh also with our socials if you come across that page um our content's grown and developed different ways and uh has had different frequencies and uploads but all that but we just thank you for being a part of it however much you have um and yeah we're just gonna do what we do best we're gonna get right into it short and sweet uh, because there are there is a lot of stuff to cover here 10 games to cover from last week, and then also 10 preview games. So yep. um, do you want to lead off with your, your boys getting the dub? Yeah. Um, right before that, I just want to say that Ronald Koeman's been sacked by Barcelona, and they're looking at yes. to bring in Chavi, um, one oh, of wow. my favorite midfielders ever. He is the one that's in talks, apparently. The board has already contacted him, and they're working on negotiating his leave from Al-Sad, which is the um, uh, Saudi Arabian team that he's currently managing. So it looks like Chavi's going to be the one that steps in um tall task yeah i mean they're going along with uh how other clubs have done in the past with uh, chelsea uh darby bringing in rooney um Vieira as well with palace they're getting uh legends of the game to come in and hasn't chavi been in um or was it abu dhabi or something yeah Sa- saudi arabia yep. yeah he's been managing after um he ended his playing career there and then he started managing there as well so uh, he's not brand new to it like some guys have done, but uh, he has a great mind, obviously, and uh, I think it'd be hilarious if he had Iniesta as his right-hand man. That'd be hysterical. That would be. Uh, that'd be amazing. Um, but who knows? Uh, bright things in the future for Barcelona. Uh, we were saying earlier, text messaging, um, they just got to start from scratch. I mean, yep. uh, you lose your, your icon of the club for the past, uh, since the millennial millennium, and you lose just all this financial, all the money you've been making because it's been spent poorly and the club's just in a big wreck. So anything that can be positive uh, going forward would be nice for all the supporters there because that is uh, one of the biggest clubs of the world. Yeah, and the problem starts at the the head, right, with uh, Joan Laporte and the, the, the rest of the board. Correct. But um, unfortunately, that doesn't matter. Um, those guys are footballing cockroaches. They survive even the most nuclear um of explosions and they have done so with the past three years of of just nonsense regarding Messi and the way that the money's been spent and like matt said it's been undermanaged poorly managed rather um so for chavi's sake i hope that things turn around um there are still players at that club that i have immense respect for uh gerard piquet being one of them i hope they can turn it around i don't think that's going to happen this season but um it's nice to see chavi um step into a role, uh, a large role like that uh, at Barcelona, which is, you know, his boyhood club. Um, but yeah, we'll move past that. We'll move on to um, match day nine, the recap. We had Arsenal taking on Aston Villa on Friday. This was the 2 or 3 p.m. game, I forget. I did watch it. Um, and Arsenal looked absolutely electric. Parts I got on the score sheet for the first time in an Arsenal kit. Uh, Aubameyang added one in stoppage time, uh, or injury time in the second half, or first half. And then Smith-Rowe got one for himself in the 56th, earning himself his second FIFA in form of the season. Um, mm-hmm. He has looked fantastic. Smith-Rowe was a, a really strong point here. I think he just plays with an intensity that a lot of these Arsenal players don't play with. Um, Saka and Smith-Rowe pretty much are the two that I think are, are play like that. Sambi's always fresh coming off the bench. He plays with an intensity as well. Um, but the defense, I think, was was another strong point. Held strong, um, managed to stave off Villa for a majority of the first half, um, or the whole first half and a majority of the second half. They only got one goal. Ramsdale, 
uh, looks super sharp. I think that was a good move. It's good to have him in there and then have Leno play, um, you know, the cup games. That's fine. I, I don't think that Leno is the number one. So it's good to see Ramsdale. And then you just had Villa, who played a very physical game. Uh, five yellows for them. <laughs> there were seven yellows in this game, which is unbelievable. But McGinn, Louise, Watkins, Target, and Minx all had yellows in this game. And they were frustrated, evidently, um, with the way that Arsenal were playing the ball. But it was good to see Arsenal come out, play sharp. Um, what did you take away from this one? Well, they extend their uh, unbeaten run to six, I believe, if I'm correct with that. Yep. So uh, after a catastrophic start where... Um, everybody just jumped on the bandwagon to punch down on Arsenal. Uh, they rise on the occasion uh, and make it a make consistent uh, a consistent run now of unbeaten streak. So, <clears throat> excuse me. And yeah, like you said, Smith Rowe, back to back great games. Uh, Partey getting a nice goal there, as well as Aubameyang late, very late on in the first half. <clears throat> so yeah, I mean, um, Arsenal's re- reasserting themselves. Uh, the media is not talking about Miguel Mikel as much, even though the, there still can be problems at times, which will arise as soon as they lose one or two games in a row. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, that that's on the back burner. Everybody's celebrating them doing well, and I think it's very nice. Um, they're back in the top ten now, on fourteen points. Uh, a couple more games, they'll be back in that top eight mix, probably catching up to Tottenham soon, I believe, with the form they're in. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think great for them. Aston Villa, on the other hand, struggling right now a little bit. Um, now that uh, after this loss, they dropped to 13th, three straight defeats. Um, the worst in the league right now in uh, out of everybody even, even Norwich, with uh, Norwich even getting two points out of the last three. So uh, Villa need, need to figure out some things going on, going forward, um, as well as conceding. So there's just problems all over the pitch for them. They just really need to just re- find themselves and move forward in next week's game. Yeah, absolutely. It's just a consistency thing. They need to find their stride again. They probably will late on. Um, they've been a better second-half team, I think, uh, in recent years than they have first. So I'm sure that they'll they'll figure things out and, and they'll catch, catch their breath. But um, right now, yes, un- unlucky, unfortunate for them. Okay, we'll move on to Chelsea versus Norwich City. Chelsea battered the Finches. At Stamford Bridge hmm. in a 7-0 routing. Mason Mount, a hat trick. One of them being a penalty. Uh, CHO got one for himself. Reese James, Ben Chilwell, and then Max Aaron scored an own goal as well. So that's a total of seven goals. Um, Chelsea looked absolutely unstoppable here. The word before the match was, what are they going to do without a true striker? Oh boy, that didn't matter, did it? <laughs> Absolutely not. And um, the next few games is it's a good it's good to have because um, with Lukaku and Werner being out, they'll most likely miss this weekend's game as well as the following one, I believe. And both of those being Newcastle and Burnley, who both sit in the relegation zone. So uh, you couldn't ask for a better time to have players injured um, than now. So that's good for them. Good rest. We'll see Havertz, uh, Hudson Odoi in there, Ziyech, uh, and I think Pulisic will miss this next game too, unfortunately. But um, we're we're loaded in all fronts, so I'm okay with that. And with that, that seven nothing win, we improve our goal differential to plus twenty twenty three four, only three against. So Tuchel being true to his his identity of of a defensive first uh, score second guy, but I mean I felt bad Norwich in this game to be honest with you. Um, I I could only watch the highlights. I couldn't watch it live, but. Um, as the as the video was going on, I just got sadder and sadder. Just I saw the look in their faces, like just it, it just needed to end. Like if there was a mercy rule, I would have definitely have used it. Jesus Christ! Yeah. Um, this is just the story for them this year, and it's like I've never seen a team start this bad. That I, I'm sure I don't I don't know if there's any other teams that have started the the first nine games this bad, but oh my god, it's just awful and i just don't there's no solutions like they spent all their money on like 12 players and none of them have done anything yeah like like what is the solution to get any points not even get out of the relegation joe just win a game i don't necessarily know if there is one um who is their manager again uh, it's Daniel Fark, who oh, was yeah. in the, who was their manager the last time they were in the league, and I believe at the start of this season or over the summer, they signed him on a new deal for like a four year deal. 
So I don't know what the fuck they're going to do because obviously this isn't working. They come out playing five in the back every game, even against the fucking mid-table teams, which is just really bad. I just there's just no there's no motivation. There's no way they believe in the manager. It's just like there's so many problems. Fucking Billy Gilmore isn't even playing. I don't know what the fuck's going on with him. Well, here's the thing. Here's what I think they need to do. Like you said, they're getting drubbed, right? Like very often, and they're playing five in the back with the two wing backs. Aaron's out there, and Yenilus on the left. What I think you need to do is just play four in the back, throw more into the midfield and up top, and just fucking go for it. Tell your guys to go for it. Josh Sargent is a talented striker. He has the ability to score goals. I, I'm positive of it. Pookie is older, but he has the ability to score goals. We saw that when they were up, not last year, but the year before. And then you have that Rashka kid. He's fucking fast. If you just yeah. put these guys up top and say, go, f I mean, uh, what at this point, what do you have to lose? Fuck the tactics. Just go for it. Let these guys play. Let it be pickup. They're going, I know, I know it's strange to say because this is the Premier League and you want to stay up, right? They are. They, they aren't winning games the way that they're doing this now. And putting five in the back and praying that you get one and can hunker down is not working because they're not scoring in the first place. So the first thing you have to fix is scoring. And then you can worry about defending and making sure you don't lose that lead. But right now, whatever they're doing is not working, like you said. And they need to try something new because um, I don't want to see Josh Sargent go down. That's the bottom line. Yeah, I think next week when we get to it, it's going to be a good matchup for them to really test themselves if they want to try something new. Yeah, they're going against Leeds, aren't they? Yeah, and they're both by the worst two teams, in my opinion, right now. Yeah, I would have to agree. Um, so yeah, a dropping for Norwich City, we we knew that'd be the case, and and that was you know uh, a true power, a true show of of Chelsea's power. Um, that's not even at full strength either. They are a scary, scary, scary team. Okay, we'll move on to Crystal Palace. Excuse me, one, Newcastle, one. Um, Benteke struck first in the 56th minute after a first half, which didn't prove to be true, uh, too fruitful for either sides. Palace were the ones in the driver's seat of this one, 75% possession. They were the ones that controlled the tempo, and they looked relatively sharp. I think they looked good. I think Palace are moving the ball uh, around very, very well, to be honest with you, especially compared to how they were looking in those first few weeks. Uh, Vieira yeah. has seemed to institute the way he wants to play here. They are really just playing very well together as a team. Uh, Eduard, Elise, and, and Benteke lined up up top as the uh, front three uh, with Milijovic. I've never been able to say his name ever, ever, ever. Milojovic. Yeah, whatever mm -hmm. the fuck. Um, Connor Gallagher and James MacArthur behind, and then that same back four that we've seen in recent weeks. Um, and I think that they probably outmatched this Newcastle team, but Newcastle was playing five in the back, of course, and Callum Wilson got himself on the score sheet. The impressive thing about Newcastle, I think, is that you can truly rely on Callum Wilson to score goals. Like he is actually Absolutely. a goal, he is actually a goal scorer. Um, and I think if you put him on a team like. Even if you put him like on a team, like saw him in the past when Bournemouth first came up, he did a great job for them. Yeah. They got mid-table finishes. Like he's a reliable guy to have. No, but like I, I would take him at Arsenal. Like I think he's a he would be a reliable enough striker to to do the job there. I, I think he scored over fifty seventy five. No, he scored over a hundred Premier League goals. I'm yeah. pretty sure that's a lot. And you know he's not he's not super young, but he's very capable. And that's that's a mark. Newcastle, they're going to get some money for him when they move him on because you know that the Pip's not going to keep him. 29 years old, the prime of his career right now. Yeah. At, when he was at Bournemouth, he would average about 8 to 10 goals a season for him in the league. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's solid. That's It's it's good numbers. Um, If you could get him on, you know, 25, 25 mil for a transfer fee, which I would imagine he's, he's probably around, maybe 25, 30. Um, uh, considering by the time he gets moved, he may be in his thirties. Um, you know, that'd be good business for a lot of these teams that are looking for a guy like that. And, uh, they, I'm, you know, just kind of spitballing here, but I think Wilson and St. Max are, are the lifeblood of this team. Um, this was, was this Steve Bruce's last game in charge? Yes. Uh, this was, this was his first game, not being in charge. The, the caretaker manager, uh, Graham Jones. Was oh yeah. The, yeah. 
was his first ma- match, and yep. uh, he got he got bailed out by Wilson absolutely in this game. Crystal Palace definitely deserved to win this. Uh, ben Teke could have had a hat trick. Uh, is with Vieira here. I think Vieira truly believes in him, and I think we're going to see Ben Teke of old. Just that pure. Di- uh, he looks like a dinosaur when he's in the air. Yeah, so he gets he up and just just slams the ball with his header in the back, his head in the back of the net. Um, and he gives his signature LeBron celebration. Um, yeah, they look great. I love Palace this year. Vieira, I'm starting to, to like him more and more now. Um, Newcastle, obviously a team that's second lowest when it comes to possession. They just don't do well holding the ball because they have one of the weakest midfields in the game. They just do not have anybody uh, worth noting in that midfield ever, even if you put Almiron in there. There's nobody that can hold the ball and string dimes or cross the field. Their closest player to that is John Joe Shelby, who has been struggling with injuries. So, um, yeah, I never thought I'd say that about John Joe, giving him a compliment like that, the Lord Voldemort. Yeah. But, um, I mean, yeah, they just don't have anybody like gritty in that midfield that can really pull a game together and really feed those guys up top what they need to, to score because both of those guys up top can score 10 goals in the Premier League a season. I know that's a fact. Easily. Um, as long as they're fit. That's that's their only problem is they're both injury prone. So yeah. um, Newcastle's really going to struggle. They're in a fight to stay up even after getting um, Saudi money. And we're going to see in January, like we were talking about Komen earlier, there's talks about maybe Dembele coming up there. He's on his last year of his deal. Um, Newcastle's going to be linked with a lot of people in January. Um, we'll see what happens then, but right now uh, they're really struggling to get anything on the board. Yes, they certainly are. Um, okay, let's move on to Leeds United versus uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers. I mean, wow, what a game this was. I'll be honest, I was thoroughly impressed by the way Wolves uh, played in this game. I know it's a 1-1 draw. I know that it doesn't look all that fantastic. But Wolves looked really, really good out the gate. Leeds got fucking bailed out on a penalty. And if you looked at the stats, you would imagine that Leeds were the team that were in the driver's seat for this entire game. But I promise you, Wolves were the one that looked more threatening. Never, ever, ever going forward do I feel like Leeds are going to score anymore. I just feel that they have become extremely toothless and wasteful in front of the net. And Huang Hee Chan did get another one for himself in this game. He looks fantastic. Um, the way that that Jimenez, Adama, and, and Huang play going forward, but also work to cut off passing lanes was something that I, I pointed out, especially Huang Hee Chan. He's all over like the, like, you know, that, that attacking third, um, but, but towards the edge, right near the midfield. And he's all over the place running like around like a fucking buzzing bee. Um, just, just really getting involved, high work rates, um, a very efficient player. And he's, he's been an underrated signing. I think I said when he came in, um, that that could be good business for wolves. And he has three in, in the last three games now, I think, yeah, um, overall, he's got four in, in his six. Yeah, so, I mean, that's that's good. He hasn't played all the games, but he's looked really sharp when he has played, and he's a bright spot for them. And I just think that Wolves got a little unlucky here. Um, they did let Leeds back into the game a little bit in that second half, and I did say, you know, they got bailed out by a penalty, but Rodrigo scored. Um, so an unlucky result, but good to see that Wolves aren't going to let Leeds come out and, and take all three points away here. You know, that's what's important for them right now i think the lead's main concern is the guys that are currently injured are a major factor in how their identity is um luke ailing at the right back position is a great hacking minded player he gets up um, we've seen against united he can score absolute screamers uh, calvin phillips in that middle of the park i'm um, currently being filled in by strook who's mainly a center back at times um, and Phillips just strings all those balls together for them. Like we were talking about Newcastle needing somebody like that. Uh, that's who Phillips is for Leeds. Uh, he's the deep line playmaker for them, and having him absent is a huge loss. And as well as Patrick Bamford, Rodrigo, even though he scored the penalty, he just struggles up there um, because Leeds play with a lone striker. And I don't think Rodrigo is that type of player for them to do that job. So um, those three, those guys are key. When they come back, that's really going to revitalize the team and hopefully help them climb up the ladder. Um, Rafinha's kind of had to carry that load for the attack. Um, he's their main threat going forward. Jack Harrison, after last season having a hot year, 
hasn't done anything as well as new signing as Dan James coming from United um, hasn't impressed. Um, the guy that I saw during the highlights who did impress is that Joe Galehart, um, 19 year old kid from Liverpool. He looked phenomenal going forward on the ball. He all when anytime he got the ball in that second half, he looked so dangerous, um, taking players on, making them challenge him, and he won the penalty for them, which ultimately saved them a point. Yep. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's used more next week, especially against Norwich. Um, that's a great matchup for them. Like I was saying, it's a great matchup for Norwich because I think whoever wins this three points, it could be a six-pointer for them out of that relegation zone. So, yeah, that's on Leeds' side there. Um, for Wolves, nice result for them. Uh, I shouldn't say nice result, but the way they played was was great, like you said. Um, we talked about last week, Wolves getting a winner in the 95th minute. Now they give up two points in the 94th. Um, unacceptable. Should never happen like that. You need to close games out here in this league if you want to do anything successful. So, um, yeah, moving forward, the Leeds have something to work off of while Wolves need to reconsider how they close these games out. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And the Galhard kid did look good. Um, he's a really his build was what stuck out to me. He's he's thick. Um, he's a little. Yeah, he's got he's, some tree trunk legs. Yeah, he's got big legs. He's broad. Um, and he is very young. I think he's only 19 years old. They signed him yep. from Wigan. Um, and he's, you know, that's the first we've really seen of him. But uh, he looked fantastic. And I saw there were some, some pundits that had some things to say. But or So you, you may see a little bit more of him. Um, it's certainly possible. We'll have to uh, keep our eye on it. Um, he could be... Uh... Who did we... Who, who were we standing last season? I forget who it was. Pretty much just for Leeds. Yeah. Was there a player? Maybe I liked Rafinha Leeds. last year. He looked great. Oh yeah. Maybe it was Rafinha. I forget. Surprise uh. he's still he's still there. Yeah, so am I. Uh let's move on to this Watford game because this was the game out of all of them I was most shocked about. Go ahead, I'll I'll let you go. So Watford upsets Everton five two after getting thumped by their uh, crosstown rivals Liverpool five nothing, so they were ready for the Merseyside team here. Um, and Josh King with a hat trick, holy shit, dude, coming out of the woodworks. That guy has been dying to score a goal, and he gets three here, as well as uh, Evans' boy Dennis in the ninety first minute, a little sweat ball to him, uh, and then Kuka in the middle, who's an absolute unit in there. He's just a big bruiser. Um, on the other hand, we had Davies get a goal, who I said in the preview last week um, was nervous about in there, and it showed he didn't really do much. Um, and then Richarlson, his first game back, gets a goal for them, uh, which at the time put them up 2-1, looking like they were going to seal the deal. But Watford, after that second goal, just absolutely put on the pressure um, going forward. Uh, Islan Saar got subbed off late in the second half, so he didn't really have himself a good game. Um but when those subs came on, man, it, it was just different. João Pedro, their uh, 19, 20-year-old Brazilian player, um, looked great out there. Uh, very creative going forward. And just Everton dealing with all those injuries just couldn't last. I mean, uh, Davies in for Ducore. You have Rondon still up there for DCL. Um, they started the youngster at left mid, Anthony Gordon. So um, Rafa Benitez really is playing with uh, – he's playing with his – checker pieces while Watford over here had their chess pieces out so um it's crazy in this league how how um from one week to the other how quick the script can change yeah it truly is um I just can't believe that Everton lost this game 5-2 I mean that was unbelievable to me um they looked good First loss of the season that they looked good in that opening five minutes Tom Davies scored you know he's in there kind of as an as a replacement right now but um, Everton, you know, I thought once they went up 1-0, I was like, oh, okay, you know, they might finish 2-0, 3-0. Um, it's not going to be anything crazy, but that second half that, that Watford had, I mean, holy fuck, from the 78th to the 91st, they scored four goals. They just piled it on, um, and that was absolute pain, to be honest with you, because I bet on Everton, and I thought mm -hmm. um, the whole time that it was going to be good. They were the only team that I picked um, wrong in my parlay. It was the five-legger, so that was pain. That was big pain. But, um, yeah, Everton, I mean, come on, guys. Um, you've had a lineup that's been playing um, together for a long time. Now, Ben Godfrey, Keane, Coleman, Digne, those guys have played plenty of games together. 
Uh, they shouldn't be letting Watford and, and Josh King, who, like you said, was there last season, uh, come through and do an absolute fucking madness on them, especially within the span of 15 to 20 minutes. Uh, that's just not good enough, and I'm sure Rafa chewed them out for it. Um, but I think that, that they'll be back next week, and uh, I'm not worried about them moving forward. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on. Southampton 2, Burnley 2. Another one that I thought maybe Southampton get would get away. Um, ending. You called this one in the in the preview. You you said it was going to be a tie. Okay. Well, good. Um, I forgot that I said that because I bet on Southampton the morning of. Well, when you're wording because I was listening to it today. When um before we do these, I always try to listen to the previous week's episode. Yeah. You you said you were saying it's going to be a draw, but you said you can see Southampton win this game. Yeah. Something along those lines. So, and then I took Southampton here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you had a Max Cornet uh, brace here. Yep. That guy coming into Burnley, giving some new juice to the team abs- with some pace. Something pace Burnley, something Burnley does not understand as a culture <laughs> is pace. Uh, where on the other hand, you had Southampton uh, goals coming from the two guys coming from Chelsea, Broja uh, and Liveramento. Um, he should have scored earlier in the game. It was off the post, and then the ensuing corner kick, he got uh, a header on there. Um, and Barroja, man, stepping up to the plate. Uh, that young, he, I think he's yeah, he's 20 years old from the United Kingdom. He is decent up there. Not crazy good, but he's decent. He's good for Southampton's standards. Um, and they and then they put Nathan Redman up there at times, and Thea Walcott, just like little fillers in there because Jay Adams is been having stinky form yeah um so yeah i mean they're trying to fill out their problems but uh burn getting two goals is a rare occasion um both coming from cornet like i said but uh i don't really have too much to say about this matchup when you come into the stats southampton dominated possession yeah um shots were pretty fair uh burnley getting five on targets pretty high for them for them and what they normally do um, but overall, it was pretty fair um, how each team played to their normal abilities. And um, a draw at the end of the day pr- was probably fair. I don't think anybody got uh, sh- shifted or got, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, stiffed at the end of the day. Yeah, no. Um, the thing that I took away was that these guys are both Chelsea products, the two that scored for Southampton. Uh, Broja's on loan, and Livermento, I think Southampton bought straight up. Um, yeah. But yeah, both Chelsea youngsters uh, that came out and scored. Um, a testament to the current farm system that Chelsea has going on. Their academy is absolutely fantastic. Um, a club that that once didn't focus on their uh, development whatsoever. Um, you know, 30 years ago, 20 years ago, uh, that was just absolutely not what they were worried about. And now they're producing talent that's all over the Premier League and in their own side as well. So cheers to Chelsea. Uh, hats off to them. Um, and good for these these young lads at Southampton getting a result here. Like I always say, um, Burnley can be very, very hard to break down. So this was a good result, I think, for Southampton. Uh, not so much for Burnley, but I think Southampton just needs to get their footing. And I like, the, I like their chances of performing better um, than Burnley this season and finishing in a higher spot for sure. 42 seconds. Yeah. The Union game just started, and they scored in the first minute over Toronto for anybody MLS fans. Excellent. Okay. So we're coming up on the playoffs for them now, too. Yeah, that's good. I, don't, I just don't watch the MLS. I should. Um, it's really not that bad of a product. It's just different. And some of the rules that prevent them from bringing in um, international players kind of rub me the wrong way. But, you know, it's it's all stuff that will change over time probably. Um, okay, Absolutely. we have Brighton one, Manchester City four. Ilke Gunner one. Happy about this one. I am You're happy about this result here. I am. I needed Brighton to get down. Um, I knew that they would. There was no way that City were going to lose to Brighton here. Um, I think they did lose to them at one point last season at the end, uh, but yep. I just didn't see it happening this time. Uh, Good one, thirteenth. Foden had two, one in the 28th, one in the 31st, and an assist for him as well. And then Mares added one in the 95th. Um, Alexis McAllister pulled one back with a penalty in the 81st. Um, but other than that, nothing going on the goal front for Brighton. They didn't look so hot here 
Um, City weaved their way through their defense. Looked very, very, very sharp. Uh, 23 shots for them, 14 on target with 53% possession. Um, but but Brighton did keep up in terms of passing and, and controlling the ball. Uh, they did share possession pretty much evenly and had 500 passes uh, for themselves. They passed the ball really well. They just couldn't get anything going um, in, in terms of goals, and, and they couldn't get things to fall for them, which does happen, um, especially when you have a world-class goalkeeper and a world-class defense. So, um, you know, another one that I don't think we need to talk a ton about, I just think that City won a game that they absolutely should win, big clubs beating up on the small clubs, and um, that individual quality is really what shines through here uh, in a game where the stats look the same, but the result looks very different. I think that's that's typically... Um, why that happens, you know, individual quality and, and star performance. Yeah, some insights on this. Man City have won eight of their last nine meetings in the Premier League against Brighton, netting 27 goals in these games, three per game on average. Uh, Brighton conceded four goals for the first time in 43 league games since a 4-2 defeat against Everton last October. Um, and for Man City, this is an interesting stat for them defensively. They've conceded all four of the goals they've conceded in the Premier League this season have come away from home and all in the second half. So uh, Man City's start games off really strong, but they kind of lose focus in the second half a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, shall we move on? Yep, I'm good. All right, West Ham 1, Tottenham 0. You like- called this game spot. On, I know you said it's gonna be a tight game, and you said a Mikhail Antonio goal. I know, and this is exactly what happened. I know, and I'll tell you something right now when I bet games like this, or like when when I we talk about games like this, and I say stuff like that, I never ever ever bet it ever. That's how it normally works. It's the same thing with the NFL show, I'll pick games a week out and not bet on them, or I'll go against what I said, and I know you do that too, so I'm not alone. But man, it's fucking annoying. This was a fucking great game. It was awesome. Um, West Ham, man, they're just getting it done in these gritty-ass games. Um, I think a part of it, a really large part of it, honestly, it comes down to your chemistry. And these guys play together so much. You know, we've talked about their squad rotation being poor. Um, The fact that they really only have... 12 to 13 players that they they can field at any given time. These guys play every game together for the most part. Um, Michaela Antonio is always up top if he can be, you know, barring injury or suspension, which he has a lot of, to be honest. Um, Bowen, Ben Rama, and Fornalis have looked great. Declan Rice and Suchek are probably um, the sharpest defensive midfield pairing, um, I would say, in the league right now in terms of... of, um, ability to just control the midfield. I mean, they control the tempo so well. And West Ham aren't giving up a lot of goals. You know, their defenses look sharp. Zuma got brought in. He's looked great. Uh, Ogbonna scored a couple weeks ago and and has been a sharp defender as well. And then Cresswell and Johnson are both good. Uh, Fabianski doesn't have a lot of work to do, to be honest with you. And and that was the case in this game. Um, Spurs continue to slide. While they did control the tempo um, and much of the ball in this game, they could not get it done in front of goal. Uh, four shots on target, which was the same as West Ham, but West Ham had more total shots. Um, and really, Spurs just dilly-dally. That's the case for me. I think that they do too many passes. They're worried too much about just what's going on in the midfield, and there's not enough of a focus or emphasis on that goal-scoring aspect, which there used to be with, with Wang Minson and, and Kane. Um, and really, I think you're seeing the the true decline of Harry Kane. Um, I don't want to say things are over for him. I don't think they are. I think that a move would probably um, accelerate his his move back to the top, but I don't think he's ever going to have that same production as he has the past couple of years for, for Tottenham. I just don't see it happening, and that's much of the story, I think. Tottenham, you know, they may finish 12th or 10th, um, but they are certainly not. Wow. not I, I don't think so. I don't think they're finishing in the top 10. I know in the predictions you you had them tenth, I think yeah. something around that. I think they could uh, which be. Which is, I mean, they're five and four right now. Nine games they've scored nine goals. Um, we know the first three games of the season they won one nothing, so they they can't score that much. 
And when you have Harry Kane, who's a guy that averages 20 goals a season, is it more mental? Like he's just mentally not in it because he's felt he's been uh, done dirty by the uh, execs and that and Levy? Um, or do you think it's more on like Nuno for not figuring out a role for him? Uh-uh. I don't think it's Nuno at all. I don't think you can blame him. Um, because he's kind of a sim Harry Kane and sorry, I was drinking water. Um, Harry Kane and Raul Jimenez are sort of similar in, in stature. Um, and the way they play, they're larger target men. Kane is more talented. Obviously you would imagine that Nuno could get, you know, enough out of Kane, right? Um, I just, I don't think that you can blame it on Nuno, honestly. I think it's more that Kane's head's just not in it. And I don't think that we can blame him. Um, I really don't. I think when he asked away from the club that they should have said, okay, Harry, go. Um, and, and they didn't. And, you know, that's, that's Dan Levy's situation or, um, not situation. Prerogative. down to Harry Kane not being, not looking too far in the future. The guy signed a six-year deal. Yeah, um, with the club thinking by then they would want something and they haven't. So I think that's there's the fault. There's just more, more. There's just as much fault on him for doing that as there is him being mad at um, leaving them, not letting him move on in that. But the guys played ten games and only scored two goals. Yeah, uh, which in his which in his standards is absolutely awful. Right. So I mean they sit they sit sixth right now. West Ham. This is a great six pointer for them them in fourth place in the league on 17 um they have conceded 10 goals this season so they they have problems a little bit at times giving up a lot but they can match it with their scoring like you said antonio is probably top five uh, informed players in the league right now um which is a great thing for him at, at the late stage of his career he's in um Fall at right back has been dealing with injuries the past couple weeks, but they've been able to fill that hole with Ben Johnson out there, uh, who's made appearances the last two seasons with them, uh, has done a nice job for them. I mean, West Ham, this is great for them. Um, they got a great result today in the Carabao Cup. They beat Man City in penalties. So they're riding high in form right now, ending their four-year uh, consecutive run of winning the Carabao Cup in Man City. Um, and now they come up against uh, Aston Villa side, who's in terrible form. Um, so it's all looking up for if you're a Hammers fan. Uh, and if you're a Spurs fan, I mean, I don't know what you're going to do to get goals because um, I think Harry Kane being there is kind of a motivation drainer. He's just bringing down the mood of the other players. I don't know. He's just got to go sooner or later because um, if he, as long as he's there, I'm going to say I don't think they're going to be successful. Yeah. I'd have to agree with you. I mean, I just think it's time for him to move on. Um, and I know I was slandering him in the summer, but really, they, he just needs to go, and, and they need to, to get new blood in and figure something else out because he's not the answer. Okay, we have Brentford 1, Leicester City 2. This was an unfortunate one. I thought Brentford would be the team to come out on top. I bet on them as well. The odds were fantastic, and it looked good for a minute. Um, but Yuri Tielemans was the one that opened the scoring here in the 14th for Leicester City. Uh, Matthias Jorgensen struck in the 60th to draw things level. Then James Madison got one in the 74th to ensure all three points went to Leicester City. Um, Brentford, again, foot on, foot on Leicester's neck, man. These guys don't yep. fucking quit. They do not quit. They play with an intensity that I have not seen from a promotion side in quite some time. And we've seen good sides. We saw Lees last season, but they weren't intense. They were just sharp. And we saw uh, Sheffield before that who were intense but not sharp. Um, and I think Brentford are both. They're just well-managed. The fans are amazing. The, the lineups that they put out are just... They're great. I mean, there's no holes. Um... In this one, I would say that they just got a little bit unlucky. Uh, you know, Leicester have been up for a while now. They've won the league once, uh, well-managed as well, and and Brentford ultimately did fall to them here, um, which was unlucky, um, but I don't think that we really need to read into it all that much. Leicester have continued to look good, though. Um, like we say, have said for recent, um, or in a lot of recent times, um, and I said a lot last season, Yori Tielemans is a fucking stud. Um, he is a fantastic player, one of the best midfielders in the Premier League currently. Um, continues to score goals. He's going to be a player that these 
these clubs from Spain and Italy and um, probably France as well are going to be preying on. I mean, they want him so, so bad. They're going to pay so much for him because he's a goal-scoring midfielder who can play box-to-box um, and knows what he's doing with high work rates. So, unbelievable player. Um, and great result for Leicester City. You know, they move themselves... I think into ninth place. So just one above Arsenal here, level on points, but the goal differential puts them ahead of us. Uh, they are level on goal differential with one of zero. Uh, but yeah, good good result for Leicester. Sad to see Brentford fall here, but I don't think, like I said, we need to read into it too much. I think that they'll be back um, next week against Burnley, who they should be able to break down fairly easily. Yeah, even though Brentford we've seen is a quality side, um, they know Frank knows how to run them uh, and play them week in and week out. But I mean, they, they have three wins, three draws, and three losses. Eleven goals, nine against. They're sitting twelfth in the league on twelve points. So um, if you're if you're not thinking of them as a new team, it's like a pretty average start, right? Um, but all these games that they've drawn and lost, like. And including this game, I think they were the better side. And like you said, I think it was unlucky. I think they just lost due to uh, one moment of brilliance from Tillemans with an absolute strike uh, up there for goal of the month and great performance overall from the team. Um, it took Daka coming off the bench to really get it home with his pace through on that breakaway, and he's he sweats it across to Madison for the winner. I mean, um, it was just two moments uh, of lap, two moments of laps in the Brentford's play that just lost them the game. So, and that's what that's what can happen in the Premier League. You play at such a high standard and a high level that um, the smallest margins of error cost you the game. So, I think overall the full ninety, Brentford were the better team, but uh, Leicester just having that experience and capitalizing on mistakes uh, won them the game here. So. Um, I, I called this game. I think a lot of people had ever, Brentford in this game, but I, I kind of I was I was on the on the motivation motivation. I was on the the momentum train of Leicester after the big win over United, um, and then as well as the Europa League uh, uh, masterclass from Dhaka. So uh, that was how I felt. But uh, moving forward, I think Leicester can continue this going into a, a, a big matchup against Arsenal. Um, and then, like you said, Brentford going up against Burnley. We'll, we'll, a lot of people are going to ride Brentford there. So, um, yeah, I think we can move on to the final matchup that we both saw coming a mile away. Okay. Manchester United nil with a red card. Liverpool, five. Naby Keita <clears throat> opened the scoring in the fifth minute after Mo Salah opted to pass the ball off instead of getting one for himself. Diego Jota struck in the 13th. And then it was the Sala show for the remainder of the game. One in the 38th, wow. one in the 45th plus 5th, and one in the 50th. Mo Sala has so many goals this season that I have lost count. He looks like the best player in the world, and it's not even a question. I mean... Or nine weeks in, he's got 10 goals. It's It's not even a question. He's averaging... He's averaging 1.1 goals per game and and you know that's that's unbelievable in the best league in the world in the hardest toughest league in the world he's doing that and he doesn't look like he's going to fucking stop at any point he's asking for a new deal um he just doesn't he wants to he wants to stay at liverpool for longer he knows it's the right move for him i mean keep talking uh, right back the the core of the team in the red half i'll say at least and i think it's only it's only a matter of time before sala signs that new deal and he's he he himself has openly come out and said he wants to stay at liverpool um, so they're just going to finalize a deal for him and he'll be all straight to go there um i mean the guy scored in all but one game this year uh and that one game surprisingly being against burnley so uh funny funny that for that stat but i think overall he's got 13 goals this year in all competitions if i just want to verify that real quick for you guys um with that hat trick coming up 
Oh yeah, I think I heard a stat. It was no player, no away player has ever scored a hat trick at Old Trafford. No, they um, have. The last one was oh, in was... 1990 something, and I don't know who it was. I heard that stat today actually. Only one other player has done it, and it was 95, I think. Yeah, so I mean that just speaks for his class and um overall he scored 15 goals this season in all competitions. 5 in the cha- he scored in every Champions League group stage match so far. So um the guy is without a question the, the best player in the world currently. Um, you could say that over Messi and definitely over Ronaldo, especially after his last lapse of um, concentration, getting a yellow card, um, kicking the ball straight into Curtis Jones' nutsack. So, <laughs> yeah, um, about that. Unbelievable. I mean, that the, once that happened, you knew it was over because he's the leader of that team and um, maybe not the leader, but the figurehead of the club and yeah. losing that. And I, I think I saw something saying Ali has three games to turn it around or he's done. Yeah, well, they need to just get rid of him and bring Conte in. Um, That's not his style, but... I mean, the next two in the league, you have Spurs and then Man City. And then I don't even know what... um, I'm checking here for their Champions League match, uh, Atlanta. So, I mean, they're all arguably, on paper, definitely tough matchups. Maybe not Tottenham when it comes down to it, but they lose the three games do you think he's gone or maybe even before that yeah i think he's probably gone before that um we'll have to see he's gonna of course get fired on a loss right they're not gonna fire him on a win uh, although that has happened before but we're not gonna see that uh it happened with village with west brom they yes it did yes <laughs> yes i remember that that's what that's the one i was thinking about um which is an unbelievable thing to do after you tie the best one of the best teams in the world um, but yeah, I think that, that we're, we're going to see Ali out now. Um, Conte is, is the one that they're allegedly bringing in. He has been contacted. He said that he would be open to taking the job, although his style is different. Um, he is certainly going to want time to bring in the players that he wants to bring in, uh, train with the team, get, get them into his structure. Um, and that's going to take some time. So I would imagine if that does happen, um, Conte is not going to want to come in full time until probably around January. Um, maybe after the crowded holiday fixture uh, window, and, and that's probably when we'll see him. But to me, you know, Ollie's sacking is inevitable at this point. Uh, he is out for sure. And it's sad to see uh, because I think that he's probably a great guy. I just don't necessarily think he has the quality to be managing Manchester United, one of the biggest football clubs in the world. Um, so... Yeah, you can be the nicest guy, but it doesn't matter. It's it all doesn't. Business. No, of to, course. You need to win games. Absolutely. I totally. Agree. We were talking about earlier, like Arsenal. Everybody's happy. Six games, seven games, whatever it is, unbeaten. They're getting the job done. But he's talking about Mikel. You lose two games. Everybody's like, "Fuck you, Mikel. What the fuck are you doing?" Yeah, but absolutely. it happened. But like, I think it's more so with Ollie because I think United have had, could say have higher standards. Um, because they have a better team on paper and can compete for those higher positions where Arsenal can't currently, but they still have the same standards, though, through culture and the history of the club. So, um, yeah, I think it's coming soon for Ali here. I mean, they sit below Spurs in the table uh, in seventh right now. So, And the thing that pisses me off the most is the in my preseason predict- predictions, I had them above Liverpool, which in God, like is never going to happen unless something crazy happens i don't know if conte comes in we'll see that guy has a demanding personality uh he loves having control of the club um he loves his style and he's a crazy guy but he motivates he motivates the team the fans he gets everybody riled up and that's something that united need ollie's more of a sit back kind of let the players do their thing where conte's more he's more more of the show if you want to put it in a way like that um, which can help. I don't know how it's going to work with Ronaldo, but that's just something to put in the mix and see what happens. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, by the way, the last away player to score a hat trick at Old Trafford was Ronaldo for Real Madrid in April 2003. So the real Ronaldo, not CR7. Um, yeah. Wow. So that's pretty uh, pretty elite company, I would say, for, uh, for Mo there. Okay. 
Um, all right, that's it, guys. That's it for the review. We'll go ahead and get into the preview. Um, we're long like here. There. Thank you. Um, we're here long uh, at 50 minutes, so I'm going to just run through these for you. We have Leicester City taking on Arsenal on October 30th. This is the battle for ninth place. I think Arsenal are going to emerge victorious. Smith Rowe is a man on a mission. I think he scores in this game, and I think Arsenal win. I'm on the other hand. I'm going to go with Leicester here. That's probably smart. Um, <laughs> I'm looking here. It's saying uh, if you're looking at betting, uh, there's been over two and a half goals scored in Leicester's last five games. Uh, Leicester have scored at least two goals in their last four matches. And we keep mentioning this Arsenal are unbeaten in their last six. So um, you can look either way there. But I think Leicester's form is looking great. I think right now, current form, I think Leicester's midfield is better. I think Tillemans is the best player in this match here. Um, I think he can score again. Absolute worldy. Um, I'd love to see Daka more in this game to really push the tempo on that back line of Arsenal, um, which I do think is looking great. Um, like I keep saying it week in and week out, that continuity. Uh, it's the same guys week in and week out. Um, probably no tyranny again this week. I think he's doubtful as well as Ben White. So we're going to go back with the same guys there. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I, I can definitely see Arsenal do something here, but I'm just going to keep riding Leicester while um, while they're in this. I mean, I, I picked them right when they started their form, and I'm going to keep picking them until it ends. Okay, fair enough. Uh, we'll move on to Watford versus Southampton. Oh, um, this game fucking sucks. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea what to pick. Uh, I'm going to go with Watford, I guess. Uh, they are currently higher than Southampton on the table with 10. Did just replace their manager, they have Ranieri now. Um, I like Ranieri over Hasanotl. I think that, that he's a better manager, and I think that Watford, if they're going to play with this offensive uh, stylings like they did last week, I think they should be able to break Southampton down. So I'm going to take Watford. I'm with Watford as well. I think they carry that form. Southampton have conceded at least two goals in the in eight of their last nine away matches, as well as Southampton have failed to win their last nine away matches. So, um, and, th and this is the weird one. It says Southampton are unbeaten in their last seven away matches against Watford. So those conflicting stats there. But, I mean, current form uh, with everything going on, I think Watford can get the job done here, especially with Josh King in the form he's in there. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Liverpool for Brighton is next. Easy, Liverpool. Yeah, Brighton are sliding. Um, this is the st the slide started last week. It's going to continue. Uh, so uh, well, actually, the slide started when they drew Arsenal. But yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Liverpool here. I think they win, and I think Salah scores again. I clicked on the wrong thing. Brighton. I'm trying to see here. Yeah, they played eight total times. Liverpool have won six, while Brighton has won one. Yeah. Uh, the last two matches have all been close. Uh, the recent one, Brighton being the victor, 1-0. Uh, that was when Liverpool were absolutely shit in their pants um, at Anfield. So, oh, yeah. Um, I'm looking here, looking here at the betting stats. It's saying Liverpool are unbeaten in the last 19 Premier League matches, um, as well as Liverpool have scored at least three goals in five of their last six matches. Um, so I think it continues here. I think Liverpool, 3 nothing here. Easy. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I I totally agree with you. This that's a game where I'd put like a little same gamer together, um, because mm -hmm. I just like so many other props. Newcastle versus Chelsea's next. Oligarch yeah. versus Oligarch. I'm taking <laughs> Chelsea. I think that they absolutely batter Newcastle here. We're not going to see a one-one like Palace last week. Um, they're you know Newcastle's going to slide, uh, this week, and I think that Chelsea are just in too good a form to let a result like this slip. I mean, if Crystal Palace are holding 75% possession, I think Chelsea can hold 90. So, I mean, yeah, I think I don't even have to say it. I'm going with the Blues here. Okay, that sounds good. I'm, I'm totally with you. All righty. Man, I hate sometimes looking at these games. I have a tough time on the Google thing that I use. Uh, okay, Manchester City versus Crystal Palace is next. Don't even need to click on this for more in-depth statistics i'm taking city um palace have looked good in recent weeks but probably not as good as they've been playing uh so i'm gonna take city uh i just i don't think we need to read into it i think just go with your gut take city guys 
think Crystal Palace have drawn their last four matches in a row. So um, they've been able to hold teams just to draw. But, I mean, it's Man City. Man City dominate Crystal Palace the last two meetings. They've had uh, Man City winning 2-0 and 4-0. So, I mean, I'm going to go with the City win again here. Um, is it at Palace, I think? This oh, game is at City. It's at the Etihad. Yeah, got to go with City here. But I do think Palace can get one on the board here. At yeah. least one. Yeah, both teams' the score bet is in play for certain. I, I agree. Okay, uh, Brentford Burnley's up next. This game is at Turf Moor, so a home game for Burnley. Don't think it matters at all. I don't know if the Brentford fans really travel, but I just don't think that matters. I think Brentley go home to Burnley um, and just absolutely hammer them. This is a 3-0 win for Brentford, in my opinion. They're going to be pissed after not getting that result against Leicester last week, and they're going to take all three here. Yeah, I'm with you there with Brentford because of this stat right here. Burnley have failed to win their last 14 home matches. When you can't win at home, you're going to get relegated. Um, but the, here it says Burnley have won their last four matches against Brentford in all competitions, probably back in the 50s, um, as well as there has been under two and a half goals scored in Burnley's last three home games. So probably a one nothing win to Brentford here. Yeah, okay, agreed. Uh, Tottenham versus Manchester United is next. Oh, boy, this is... Uh, this is a flip of a coin here. It's a draw. It's... it's a draw. I'm convinced it's a draw. Yeah? I think it's a 2 think that? I think it's a 2-2 draw. Because both of these teams are absolutely fraudulent. Um, I don't think... I think that the United players are just very displeased with Ollie. Um, and you're going to see an absolutely putrid midfield here. No Pogba whatsoever. You're going to see McTominay and Fred. And I think that the one part of the Tottenham team that I do like actually is the midfield. Uh, I think Ndombele is a stud. And I just think that it's going to be a, a matchup in there. Um, there's going to be a bunch of goals, but I don't think that it's going to be decisive for either team. I'm, I'm actually taking a draw here. I think it's 1-1 or 2-2. I think because of all the dismay right now with United, I'm going to go with Spurs here. I think this is one they can squeak out. Um, and I think Sun can definitely get one here. Uh, maybe Ndombele, he's been playing more in an advanced role. He's a guy that flies under the radar a lot. Um, but I think he's a decent player there. So I'm going to go with Spurs here. Okay, awesome. Good. I I love to see the uh, slander on United. It really makes me happy. I, um, I mean, I'm huge on that. They're like the biggest fraud team in the league. They are. They have been for some time now. We were on the fraud train last year. Yep. Uh, okay, we have Norwich City versus Leeds United. Stinker. Oh, Big boy. Stink. This is a messy one, huh? Um, have to go with Leeds. I mean, last uh, week we talked about never picking Leeds, but Norwich have, have failed to win their last 19 matches in the Prem, uh, and they failed to score in their last 11 of their 11 of 13 matches in the Prem. So, Nor I mean, Norwich win this game, I think. Oh my God, could you imagine? No, I actually do. I'm going to take Norwich. I think this is the week they win. I think Leeds are a team that is in enough flux and turmoil. Um, and just, you know, are such a former shell of themselves, I think Norwich could could win this game, and especially if they change up how they're going to play the game. I think you're going to see it this week because Leeds are such an interesting side that Norwich line up differently. I, I, I'm going to go with Norwich to win. All right, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Leeds just for competition. Well, that's smart. The, fir the first seven games, we all pick the same, but I, I do think Leeds can win this game. I, I Literally, I don't think that Norwich can defend Rafinha or Rodrigo. I think even though I was saying Rodrigo's terrible up front, but that defense is just god-awful. I mean, they ba they pack it in, and, and Leeds can control the possession of a game well at times, and Norwich struggle all over the pitch. So I'm going to go with Leeds. Okay. Uh, Aston Villa versus West Ham at Villa Park is next. So West Ham are away at Villa. Uh, they currently sit in fourth place on 17 points. I think they rise to 20 points this week. Um, they are going to beat Villa. They're better side than Villa. Um, and I think Mikel Antonio scores again. Uh, I know that's, you know, people might be tired of that bet. I don't fucking care. Uh, I think that that's, that's just the way that this one goes. West Ham win. Antonio scores. Simple as that. 
think this is the one game I'm going to take a chance on. All the other ones I'm pretty firm about. I think I'm going to say a draw here. I think this is a week that Villa can maybe not win the game, but I think they could definitely get something going. I think getting a point against a West Ham side, uh, flying high, uh, is a good motivation booster for them. I think their defense is solid. Um, Twanzebe is the only weak point, in my opinion. Their midfield's kind of iffy. Buendia's turned out to be a pretty mediocre signing for them coming from Norwich, so he's just carrying over that Norwich stink with him. Uh, <laughs> and those strikers can't get anything going. I mean, Ings started off great, but ever since Watkins was introduced, he can't get anything going. Yeah. So maybe Ings doesn't work well with a partner. Maybe he's a good loan guy, but uh, the two up top isn't working for them. But I do think this can be a pretty ugly game, and I think Villa can, can play it to their benefit and get a point. Yeah, that's probably true. Okay. Wolves versus Everton is next. Oh, this is another good one. There's a couple games here that I really like. Uh, I'm going to go with Everton in this one. I know Wolves have looked good in recent weeks, and I know that I've been kind of high on them. Uh, but I think Everton get back to form here. They get themselves onto 17 points. I could see this being a draw, but I'm going to take Everton straight up just because I think Rafa's going to have the boys buzzing for this one. Yeah, I'm different here. I think with all the injuries they have. I think Richarlson being back is a good plus for them. Uh, he has to really get in, reintegrated into this side. Um, he's missed a lot of time, and I think Ducore is such a huge loss, even more than DCL at times for them, uh, with how he started the year, uh, is integral to that side. So I'm going to go with Wolves here. I think Huang He Chan can get another goal. That guy looks great up front. Yes. Uh, as well as Jimenez. Jimenez has his moments. So I'm going to go with Wolves. Okay, awesome. Uh, okay, and that rounds everything out, guys. Matt and I have a couple picks different there at the end, so we'll have to see how things go. What was our records cool. for last week? We, once again, like week eight, six and four. So okay. we're, we're getting back to 50% overall in the season. Evan currently 44 and 46. I am 43 and 47. So we're right in between that 45 to 50% area. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty good. And after this week, I think we'll get another six to four a week at least um i think the whole saturday window we picked the same except the spurs game so uh pretty square there but after that it'll be a good battle to see what happens yeah i really want to sweep i want to sweep one of these weeks i was really close to sweeping the nfl the one week but um it's like I, so hard i can't seem to get it done did i do it at all last season i think i came close once but i don't think i ever swept a week i mean come like 10 and 0 yeah i, I don't think any of us did that no shot. No. Um, I had a couple look, seven and threes, which was good, but, you know, not, nothing. Looking here. Th yeah, you had one seven and two. Yeah, we, You had three seven and three weeks. I yeah, had one of them. All right. Those are really good. I mean, there's going to be weeks where you're going to have to pick, like, 16 games because there's going to be midweek games. Yeah, I know. Uh, I can't wait for those. Those are hectic-ass weeks. That's when I lose all of my money betting. Yeah, this, I mean, there's going to be like seven <laughs> games in December. I mean, both our teams qualified for the quarterfinals in the Carabao Cup. Both teams got the job done. Yep. Uh, Arsenal and regulation look convincing. Chelsea and penalties over Southampton. Yeah. Uh, like, like I said earlier, Man City out. That's a huge plus. Um, I think the remaining eight teams, seven are Premier League, and you have one League One team, I think, in Sunderland. So it's going to be – and the, I think the draw is Saturday, the 30th. Yeah, uh, and the, and those matches will be played on December twentieth. I think that's what I read. So, um, League Cup. Then we have. I don't think there's any Champions League games. Are there next week or is that? No, it's one more week. I thought. I thought. Because we have the international break coming up again soon. Yeah, that's next um, week. I thought. No. Yeah, I think so. I think you're right. Yeah, the eighth to the. 18th i think is international so no champions league um so yeah we're gonna have another week uh after this week of premier league and then we're gonna have that international break again so it'll be another weird week yeah um yeah overall it was fun uh thank you guys so much for tuning in especially to episode 100 um 100 more will be here same thing probably hopefully maybe we'll get guests on like you get on with um the football show yep um that'll be interesting we need to get other people's takes maybe different fan bases we have the arsenal and the chelsea thing going um it'll be nice to get some other people in here with different tastes maybe not big clubs 
uh, get their take on their club and maybe how they became fans or whatnot. But um, we'll see. We got plenty of time here. There's no time ending. We'll probably be doing this in eight, nine years from now. Uh, if if we're still in the area or whatever happens, who knows? Uh, things change fast. Um, so yeah, check us out on all of our socials at Post20Pod, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, listen to us on all of our streaming platforms, SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, as well as our YouTube. Hit that red subscribe button. Hit the notification bell so you're notified whenever we put new content up there. Um, and yeah, anything else you want to add, Evan? No, thank you guys for listening. Um, you make sure you listen to the NFL bet, the NFL show because I'm giving fire ass picks, uh, fire ass touchdown picks. Uh, nope. Your free bet of the week, your free pick of the week on this episode is the Michael Antonio goal and West Ham win and a Damian Harris touchdown for the Patriots because only three things in life are sure, death, taxes, and Damian Harris touchdown. All right. He looks good this year. Yeah, he's fantastic. Another good week last week, 100 yards, two TDs. Looks great. I mean, they played the Jets, but um, yeah, thank you guys for listening. We'll catch you all next week and uh, take care of yourselves, all right?